media ministry of Cornerstone Church. You can listen to this and other messages on our website at www.corner-stone.org or by subscribing to our podcast. Open your Bibles to Lamentations chapter 3. I don't know if y'all have the McDonald's app. I have the McDonald's app. Uh, if you do frequent McDonald's from time to time, it's worth getting the app. And, and they just had a little contest that if you did order through the app, you could get McDonald's for life. Now, I don't know about you, but that can be exciting to some. It can be quite sickening to others. But, I, I, I you know, I'm one of those that, you know, for what it is, it was kind of, okay, I went ahead and made three different orders over about a two-week period. So I at least have three chances in a billion or something to win McDonald's for life. Uh, I, I don't know that that's going to happen, and I don't know that I would go every day to McDonald's and make sure that just because I had McDonald's for life, that I would go by there every day. But I did hear of one contest that they had where you could win $1,000 a day. And you, what you had to do, that you had to go by the office, though. It was kind of like a bank setting, a savings and loan kind of thing. And you had to go by, and you had to pick that up. Now, let's just to say that you won that. How many of you would make sure that you strategized and planned your calendar? If it truly was, if you don't pick it up, you lose it, you know? If you don't go by and get that $1,000. How many of you think that you would start to build your calendar, build your framework of morning, whatever it was, and your uh, your schedule around going to pick up that $1,000? I mean, I can understand the McDonald's, okay? I'm just going to drive by today. But $1,000? And if you didn't get it, it was just lost. I think that we would begin to strategize and we'd kind of conform everything, no matter how busy, no matter how many distractions, whether we're feeling it or not, we would make purpose to go by and collect that $1,000. Well, there's a time in the Old Testament when one of God's faithful servants, the prophet Jeremiah, he wasn't feeling it. And this morning, you know... We live in a world that has made so much of our feelings. And, and folks, I, I want you to know that biblically speaking, even though God made us with feelings, and, and that feelings really do go up and down, and they dictate a lot of different things, we were never to live our lives based on feelings. You know why? Because it truly is a roller coaster. There's no consistency there. It's up and it's down. And this year, in 2023, you're going to do that. If you just base your life, and even your spiritual life, on your feelings, there's going to be times that you're going to be revival. There's going to be times like, you know, the Lanier family today, like, all right, Gabriel, go. And there's going to be other times that you're just going to feel like, okay, God, are, are, do you even listen to me? God, do, can you even hear me? And that's how it is when we base our spiritual life on our feelings, up and down. Kind of the moment... If things are going good or bad. And the Bible never dictates that. It never says, okay, base your spiritual life on your emotional life. In fact, it says just the opposite. Base your emotional life on your spiritual life. Count it all joy. Is that in the Bible? <laughs> Even when you fall into what? Times of trouble. I mean, isn't that just the opposite of what we're kind of taught in the culture today? 
It says, no, when God is there and Christ shows his sufficiency in every way, that dictates to a point where we can count it all joy, even when we're in various trials. The Bible takes this whole cultural mentality and it turns it upside down, guys. And yet we live in this world and we deal with our own flesh and our own fallenness. And even though Jeremiah was a great prophet of God, he also sometimes succumbed to the elements around him. When we open up the book of Lamentations, it is exactly what it says by the name. It's laments. It's not this joyous reading of, okay, here's all the victories. It is a lamenting. And in the book of Lamentations, you'll notice that there's five chapters. And really, these are five different poems or songs that were written. And each one of them, uh, the first four are really unique and that they took the 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet, alpha, you know, the, the A for the first one, beta, and they started going there, and they took those 22 letters and they did an acrostic. Can you imagine how difficult that would be to write a poem, number one, a song that had some sense of order, but then you had to start with A and then B and then C and D? Well, that's what the first four chapters of Jeremiah are. And yet, don't get fooled by the poem part. Don't get fooled by that this is just a song that they were singing. The creative part of that, there was real despair in Jeremiah's life and real despair in Jerusalem and Judah. What had happened is because of their own sinfulness, their rebellion against God and taking God for granted, so to speak, and going their own way instead of the ways of God, God allowed others to come in and have conquest over Jerusalem and and over Judah. And, And when we open up to Lamentations, this is a reflection of that time. In fact, look at Lamentations 1 1, very first verse. Hallmark card or not? Okay. How lonely sits the city that was full of people. How like a widow. Has she become she who was great among the nations? She who was a princess among the provinces has become a slave. Does that cheer you up this New Year's Day? That's where they were. I mean, this was the reality of their life at that moment. And and so Jeremiah is just kind of, he's reflecting that in his life and he's writing with this lamented heart. There's a sentiment of, of sadness there. He goes on in in chapter 3, remember it's five different chapters, five different songs, poems, and that third one in the middle, he goes away from the nation of uh, Judah and, and Jerusalem and he gets very, very personal. And we see that he's not just talking about a nation, uh, a national kind of discouragement and lamenting, he was lamenting in his own life also. Look what he writes about himself as he begins to personalize it in Lamentations chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. I am the man who has seen affliction under the rod of his wrath, God's wrath. He has driven and brought me into the darkness without any light. Surely against me he turns his hand again and again the whole day long. And he doesn't stop there. We won't go through every one of the verses because of the time this morning, but if you went down to like verse 7, he says that he's like a prison in chains. 
Verse 10, he says that God is like a bear or a lion attacking him. Verse 12 and 13, he says, I feel like I'm the target of God's arrow. God is just sitting there and, and, and I'm the hunted. And there in verse 16, he says, this is probably the most graphic. He says, it's as if God has made me chew on gravel. Does that get kind of specific at that point? I mean, in your mind, you're going, okay, uh, God's arrow is pointed at me, a bear, a lion, but, there we go. But to chew on gravel, can you imagine? Now, is he talking about his feelings or is he talking about his spiritual condition? Feelings. But is his feeling, are his feelings reflected then in his spiritual feelings? And kind of setting a spiritual tone. It does. And, and so when we begin to look at this, uh, we, we see kind of it hit bedrock there in verse 17 and 18. Look what it says. I have forgotten what happiness is. My endurance has perished. And so has my hope from the Lord. Let me ask you a question, really personal question this morning. Is it possible for our feelings to so dictate our spiritual temperature that we could say these words with authenticity? That what happens around us all of a sudden turns into something very personal, not just personal between husband and wife or or parent and child, but us and God. I mean, is it possible for things to go so south in your life and the heaviness to be there so much that you would say, I have forgotten what happiness is. My endurance has perished, and so has my hope from the Lord. I mean, you're talking about lamenting, guys. And, and perhaps right now you're going, okay, this is the Cheer Me Up 2023 Welcome Happy New Year sermon. Well, it is because we don't stop there. Because God doesn't stop there. Where we would make ourselves the victims of our own feelings and our own circumstances, God does not leave you as a victim of your own circumstances and your own feelings. There would be no hope for any of us, folks. Today it would be me. Tomorrow it may be you. Next week it would be somebody else that's sitting beside you. But don't think that anybody in humanity is going to be spared this. If we simply allow our feelings and and the climate around us and our circumstances dictate where we are. But that's not our spiritual condition if we're in God. See, as much as we want to live our best lives now, the reality is that this kind of, this life that we have, we can, we can feel this kind of lamenting at times. What well, we can feel what Jeremiah felt, prison and chains and and God's this barren, this line kind of attacking us and, and that his arrow is pointed to us and that he's about to get us or that he's made us chew on gravel. But God doesn't stop there. Look at verse 21. But this I call to... Is that an important word? Why didn't he say, uh, but I call this to heart? Why does he say, I call this to, what was it? Mind. 
He said, because my heart can deceive me. Can your heart deceive you? Can your emotions deceive you? And your mind can too, unless it's based in truth. But if you base your mind in truth and you just go back to the facts, even when the feelings are not dictating a certain direction, temperature, climate, all of a sudden truth can come in. Have there ever been times, I mean, I've been a Christian now for 40 plus years, and there's been some times I'm going, I wonder if I'm even saved. Have you ever thought that? And in your spiritual, you're going, okay, I, I know I put my faith and trust in Jesus, and I know that he's the answer for everything, and, and I can't do anything myself. It's all dependent upon him. But have you ever allowed your feelings to give doubt to your walk with Christ and even your security in Christ when you know, really in your mind, it is finished? And when you place your faith and your trust in it, it is finished. The Christ has taken care of it. Look what he says in verse 22 and 23. He says, okay, I'm going to call this to mind. I'm going to think on this because this is truth. And what does he think upon? Verse 22, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. Is that truth? Yes. Is that truth? I'm going to give you a chance because many of you were up very late last night. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. Is that truth? There we go. His mercies never come to an end. Is that truth? Yes. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Is that truth? And yet are there going to be times that our feelings don't dictate that? Yeah. And so we're going to have a choice. Folks, all of 2023, you're going to have a choice. Do I go to what I know to be spiritually true, finished in its work, because Christ is true, or do I go with my own wanderings of my own emotions and my own circumstances? I, I promise you, you're going to make that choice more than 365 times this year, more than once a day, maybe 10 times a day, maybe 100 times a day. Where you're going to be confronted, what do I truly believe? What I truly What's going to dictate whether I am in lament or whether I am in a point of rejoicing? Because that's really the choice. Count it all joy or lamenting? God, I feel like you're shooting an arrow at me. I feel like you're a lion or a bear. I feel like you have given me gravel to chew on for breakfast. And the choice is going to be yours and mine. And it's not going to be really a matter of the heart as much as it is a matter of the mind. Uh, so, so, Pastor Bobby, are you, are you just saying it's mind over matter? No, I say it's truth over feelings. This isn't brainwashing, guys. This isn't, you know, just think positive. In a way it is, but it, it is not just based on human ability to think positive. There are some in this room that are more positive people than others. Some people just by nature are personalities. Some are going to be on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being very positive. You're going to be a nine and a half or a 10. Other people are going to be a negative 4. Okay, it's just the nature of who we are. It's not glass half full. It's like, I don't even have a glass. <laughs> and at that moment, we can, we can lament. Or somehow we can found it, find, find it 
this ability to count it all joy, not because all of a sudden everything worked out in our circumstances, all of a sudden we found the glass and it was full, but because Christ is risen and we have placed all of our hope in Him and Him alone. Folks, it is always about Jesus and it will forever be all about Jesus. And yet we will make that choice. Would you say at least 10 times a day? Maybe 20 times a day? Surely at least once a day. And so for this new year, 2023, 365 for sure. Probably 3,665. You know, there's going to be a lot of choices. And every time we're going to be able to come back. But look at the promise. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. New every morning. The Bible uses that theme consistently. There's a lot of different places in the Bible when it uses the morning as a time of new opportunity. In in Psalms 35, it says, For his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may remain for a night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. Isaiah 33, 2. O Lord, be gracious to us. We long for you. Be our strength every morning, our salvation in time of distress. There's something about a new year. There's something about turning a calendar that all of a sudden gives a freshness and newness and an opportunity. But folks, I, I don't know about you, but you know, even if you woke up this morning and you are that nine and a half on that scale of optimism, and you're really an optimistic person, kind of even by nature, you know, just by your, your own personality. I'm just going, how long before we get into January, February, March, before that's going to be challenged? And especially if you tend to be that person that says, you know, I don't think it's going to rain. In fact, I think it's going to storm, even though they say that it's not going to rain. You know, even you're the, one of those people that kind of just see clouds, just by nature, you might hit it by the end of today. What is God's promise? That his mercies are new every morning. It's more than just poetry. Renewed mercy, renewed hope, renewed strength. All coming to a point of focus that the Apostle Paul could write to the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, that's what Gabriel is, he's in Christ now. The old has passed away. Behold what? The new has come. This is our hope. Not just the day of our baptism, but this is our hope as Christians. That's the God that Jeremiah knew. He, he doesn't seem to start feeling it, but he just, he says, okay, in my mind, I have to come back to spiritual truth. I need to know that even though I'm not feeling it, this is the truth about my God. Because that proclamation that he makes is quite dr- different from what he writes in verses 1 through 20. But that's the truth about God, and that's what he believed. That's part of the, the picture that we saw when, when Gabriel was, was baptized this morning. The Bible says that in Christ, we're we're dead to our old way of life and risen to what? New life. Newness of life. Who gives us that life? Our hopes, our dreams, our emotions? No, Jesus Christ. And when we're founded in him, that is the hope. 
Paul said it this way to the Romans in Romans 6, 4. We were buried therefore with him in baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in what? In newness of life. Are you always going to feel that? But is that truth if you're in Christ this day? And that's why we come to this table. I don't know if it was just because he wanted us to keep on doing this. You know, I think God knowing our nature goes, you're going to have to practice this often. (laughs) And we make it available every week. But corporately, we do it about three or four times a year where we as a church, as, as people who have put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, where we come forward and we participate in what we call the Lord's Supper. Some people call it communion. And the invitation biblically is, is for us to come and to remember what Christ has done, to repent of our sins, that is to look at ourselves, and examine ourselves, and correct things before God, a newness, and then to anticipate his sure return. When we just have the elements up here on a weekly basis, you know, we don't always say this, but I, I do want to, you know, the Bible just instructs us how to do this, guys. And the Bible says be very, very careful about this part of our service. And so I, I pray that you're hearing this morning and you're listening with spiritual ears and that you can know that we're not trying to be mean, but but this is for Christians, and if you're not a Christian or if you're unsure that you're a Christian, pl- please don't come to the table this morning. And I say that not to, not to hurt your feelings, but because it's what God has commanded us. This morning we would come, and the whole purpose of this is because this is our connection with God, that remembrance of what Christ has done. That this bread represents the very body of Christ. The, the juice represents, it's a symbol of his blood. And so it's not for everybody, not everybody has trusted that in their life. But for you who have trusted it, if you're saying this morning, yes, there's a time in life that I've put my total trust and my rightness with the Holy God in all the work of Christ, in Christ alone, then we invite you to come. Some churches, it's only people from that church. We invite anybody who's a Christian who truly has place their hope in Jesus Christ to come and partake with us today. In just a moment, Ricky's going to come and he's going to be playing a song just about the Father's love for us. And I I want you to spend some time. Uh, It could be a couple seconds. It could be a minute. The Bible says to prepare your heart, examine your life. And so when you do that, I mean, what, what a great day to have the Lord's Supper 2023, New Year's Day, brand new beginnings. Let, let, let this be something fresh and new in your life this morning. That you would be able to come, God, I, I just, I don't always feel it, but I believe it. And I come to this table this morning, Father, will you show me things I need to get correct and right in my life? And Father, as I partake in this this morning, Father, you will you renew that truth in my mind? that Christ is the one who has brought me victory in my life, no matter what this year may bring. And what we'll do, we have four different stations, and you would just come with your family, 
with by yourself and you know whoever is coming with you and and you come down here and you can just take a, a quick minute to, to maybe pray. You don't have to pray. You can just come forward. We'll be singing. And, and you'll take one of the little wafers that represents the body of Christ. And you'll take that and then you'll, you'll take the cup that symbolizes the cleansing blood of Christ. And then afterwards you just go back to your seat. We'll take as long as you need. Like you said, he was prepared to play for three hours if you had to. But this is an important time. It's a time of worship. It's a time that we focus on truth rather than just feelings. Let's pray together this morning. Father, we love you and we thank you. And Father, we all have had times that uh, we've allowed our feelings, our circumstances, and those things around us, uncertainties to bring fear to our lives. Uncertainties to make us a slave again, Father, unto sin, that sin of worry and unbelief. But Father, you invite us to come back to the table. That until you send your son again and his second return, Father, you've told us to keep on coming to this table. Not so that we can get some emotional high, but that we can visit the truth that your son's death And victory over the grave brings us victory no matter where our emotions are this morning. That when we are found in Him and Him alone, Your mercies are new every single day. So Father, we love You. Help us to use this time to examine our hearts, our lives, our minds. And then Father, come with a a measure of commitment as you invite us to your table this day. We ask all this in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you for listening today. We hope this message was a blessing to you. To learn more about our church or our media ministry, you can visit us online at www.corner-stone.org or find us on Facebook.